Welcome to Skull Stories, presented by CenturyLink, trusted technology partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Mark Rosen along with you and our special guest tonight, longtime Viking Matt Burke. Maddie Burke. Uh, my goodness, we go back a few years, Maddie. Uh, just a few, to say the least. I feel like I've known you my whole life from uh, watching it, Channel 4 growing up. Well, <laughs> thank you. You were just a wee little lad when you were doing that. <laughs> uh, speaking of growing up, I want to know more about the Burke family, what it was like. Because I think every kid grows up maybe with a poster on their bedroom wall of, a, of your football or, or sports hero. And was sports always like the thing in the Burke household? It was. And it wasn't because we were necessarily any good. But I just think the time we grew up, where we grew up, how we grew up. I mean, in St. Paul, it was your it was your classic have two brothers we're th- three boys about three and a half years apart and so you know obviously always competitive and my dad likes sports and but it was always you know outside plan grew up in a neighborhood with a bunch of kids it was the classic you know wake up in the summer go outside be home when the street lights came on that kind of deal so I'm really I feel very blessed on the way that I grew up and just the, the community and and the time and everything about it it was it was kind of your classic Americana sort of sort of deal and obviously that helped me become who I am, but also I think really develop that, um, the love for sports, the love for, the love for competition. And, and trust me, I've said it a million times and I am not lying. I was not a great athlete. Obviously that's why you become a lineman because you, because you try everything else and you're not good, but, it's like but playing I, right field in baseball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I just loved playing, you know, and, and, and just was able to, to, to always be active and, and out there, out there competing. And, and cause that's really where you're formed, you know, is, is, is in the backyard, in the streets, at least, at least where I was, you know, and I can still remember all the guys that I grew up with and I can remember certain plays, you know, from games that never really, these weren't, these weren't games, you know, with leagues and officials, mm-hmm. these were mm-hmm. games in the, in the, in the street and running into cars and, and things like that. And that's just, you know, like I said, I'm just, I, I'm just grateful because I, I, yeah, I look at kids now, and I know it's different, and I don't want yep. to sound like the old guy, you know, saying right. "get off my lawn." But you know, it's it's <laughs> it, it's different. It makes me it makes me a little bit sad because that was that, that was a great way to grow up. But the, your neighborhood itself, the Crete neighborhood, I know I, we joke a lot about uh, my my other son, Joe Maurer. But I mean, you had some great athletes, but the family environment must have been something in the neighborhood, places where you got a burger, all that stuff kind of lended towards forming the person you are today. It is that sense of community for sure. I mean, I look back, and I'm fortunate to. Have two great parents, but uh, neighbors, coaches, teachers. It really was St. Paul at that time. You know, it was it was it was it was tight knit. Everybody knew everybody. All the families knew each other. Some of the families went back generations, and so you know, it was kind of like yeah. When you when you were around the neighborhood, sure, you you caused problems. You know, you did you did things kids do, but you also knew that like hey, you know, um, everybody's watching out for you, and 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 there's a responsibility that comes with that. And then for me to go to Creighton Durham Hall, which was a very back then a very tight knit community school. I mean, it was a school of the community. We didn't have people coming from all over the right, city. It was right. just you know ninety five percent of the kids that went there lived within a two mile radius of the school. I mean, we walked to school a lot of them, and so you know that was just the kids you grew up playing against in grade school. Now y'all went to high school together, so there really was that 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 community feeling, which is which is special because when you're a kid and you're trying to figure out who you are and what you stand for. 
you know, growing up there and, and, and being part of that community, you realize that that's what you're, hey, I'm a part of this community. Academics had to be at the forefront because you probably, the last thing in your mind was, I'm going to be a longtime professional football player in the NFL. No, it never crossed my mind. I mean, I started playing football in the 10th grade. I fancied myself a basketball player, Mark. I, I understand that. I'm 6'4". I mean, I, I was like the poor, poor, poor man's Kurt Rambis, and I thought there was a chance for me. And so I went out for football 10th grade because I thought Coach Horizon, you know, might be a way for me to in his good graces and I wasn't going to play after that and then Mal Scanlon basically told oh, me there you go you know Mal Scanlon football coach at Creighton you know been there for 130 mm-hmm. years or mm-hmm. whatever and he I went to school with his kids you know same church same his, his his wife was my first grade teacher nicest woman in the world I'm walking down the hall one day and Mal says hey you're going out for football next year right and I was like well I don't know he goes no you're going out for football next year but I grew up with Mal I see him in church you know I'd see him in the neighborhood so that's the community feeling that I'm talking about. And then my senior season ended and I was accepted early to a physical therapy program at Marquette. And uh, Mal says, well, there's, there's some high school, some colleges looking at you. And, uh, you know, again, much different game back then than it was now. I'd gotten a few letters, but not, not from much, any, not from yeah. any big colleges. People were knocking your doors down. You know, it was like South Dakota state tech and those kind. Of, I said, no, I'm good. I'm going to where he said, well, he goes, uh, Harvard's one of them. You might want to, you might want to take a look at that. And I said, sure. And Got into Harvard and you know went there. Of course, never thinking they would end up in the in the NFL. But again, was in a great community and great environment, and and was able to thrive. We've joked about Harvard over the years, not just me, others who have worked with you with the KFAN in particular. And uh, I think it, I think of Harvard, and I think of how intimidating that must be. You're around like the smartest people in the world, uh, and and I don't know how you manage to kind of uh, keep your self esteem high. Knowing that the guy or the woman sitting next to you, it's arguably well, much thinking you're much smarter than you are. No, that's a great point. And listen, and I knew that. You know, I knew that. I mean, yeah, I'm sure I got good grades and I was a good student. You know, but you know, if you do your homework and and school was pretty was relatively easy for me. I mean, I was just kind of built for that. You know, I can read and memorize stuff, and I'm and I, I enjoy learning. So, but I, yeah, I'm not on the level of the typical Harvard student, and I knew that. But I think because of where I grew up, I knew. I knew who I was and I knew who I wasn't, you know, and, and I understood that and I, and I was comfortable with that. And, you know, my parents and, and coaches, uh, they just always stressed effort. It was never about the result. It was always my dad just, you know, I say, just, just give it your best effort all the time. And so I knew like, Hey, that's all I can do. Right. And so, yeah, I'd sit in class and I was getting C pluses and B minuses. And I was like, geez, I haven't gotten a C plus since, you know, fifth grade. Um, but that's okay, like because and and I, I guess I was, I was you know I don't know I, I wasn't fragile you know I, I my my ego wasn't shot when I when I wasn't you know at the top of the class when I was more towards the bottom um, I was I was okay with that I just knew hey I just I just got to keep plugging along keep putting the work in and, and, and doing the best I can. You got your degree in economics, but you're also playing you know you're all Ivy League, all New England Division One AA. So you're thinking maybe I do have a shot at this football stuff post college and. You had to wait a long time draft day. Were you thinking, okay, I, I'm already thinking what my fallback's going to be. You want to be a physical therapist or whatever you might be, an economics person, no, maybe I go to Wall gonna, Street. Yeah, what no, were you going to do? I was, I was set up to go to Wall Street, investment banker. I was yeah. going to be that that yeah. guy. Uh, thank God I didn't. Can you imagine it. your life? That would have been miserable. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I was, you know, well, so I think just, you know, having gone to Creighton Durham Hall and, and seen, you know, they were like, you know, it was, it was possible, like in my mind, right? I saw... Uh, I knew of Paul Molitor and I saw all these guys that were going division one in football and Chris Wanky, you know, like, like, so, so I, I was like, it wasn't like some, Oh, that could never happen. Like I've seen those guys and it, and it does happen. 
And my senior year is about halfway through my senior season. Again, different time, 1997. So scouts actually had to come to Harvard, you know, to the football office like they were to every other school. And they would, the scouts would show up and camp out there for a day or two and watch film. So if you're going to Alabama, you're probably going to be there all week watching film on guys. Well, you're thinking, oh, we heard there's a guy at Harvard. Let's go in there. And there was a guy from one of the national scouting services and the football coach, one of the coaches, hey, man, there's this Blesto scout. He's here watching film on you. And so I went in there and I was like, hey, uh, I was like, do you really think there's a chance that I could play in the NFL? And he said, uh, he said, actually, yeah, I think there is. And so I said, all right, well, that sounds like a lot better than working on Wall Street. So I'm just going to kind of <laughs> put that to the yeah. side and just go all in on this football thing. That'll be my focus. And uh, and we'll just take it as, as far as it goes. And then I'll have the rest of my life to, to work. Hey, great stuff with Matt Burke so far. More to come, but don't forget to join Muss along with Linval Joseph for Vikings Country, Tuesday, November 12th from 5.30 to 8.30 at the American Legion in Chanhassen. Presented by Miller Lite. You can win great prizes, including tickets in the Miller Lite Lounge at U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit vikings.com slash vikingscountry for more info and a full schedule. Welcome back to Skull Stories with Matt Burke. I'm Mark Rosen. Don't forget to join Paul Allen and Paul Charchian at Buffalo Wild Wings in Elk River on Friday from 9 to noon for Friday Football Feast. The feast is presented by Coors Light. Check out the complete schedule at vikings.com and on the Paul Allen Show page at kfan.com. So the Vikings take you in the sixth round of the 1998 draft as a rookie. So your signing bonus must have been just humongous. Well, it, to me it was. It was uh, it was yeah. fifty four thousand dollars, wow. thirty five thousand after taxes, which I was able to throw a down payment on a used pickup truck. Still mm-hmm. had to mm-hmm. uh, no power windows, and uh, and and I was able to pay off my student loans. I paid yeah thirty grand in student loans. That was a lot of money. I thought, hey man, this is like I'm, I'm, in gravy. I'm good. Like yeah. this is awesome. Worst case scenario is I'm debt free and I got a truck. So, I, but at I the same time, there's no guarantee about anything. You're the sixth round. You're a backup center. You're playing on, and you could have easily uh, not just a local kid did good. You're going okay, great practice squad or whatever, or you might be hitting the road and looking for other teams. <laughs> that's why you know when I look back, especially and, on that team. Well, but that's the thing. You know, I look back. First of all, I worked out for the Vikings. Let, let me back up. So I go to the combine, get invited to the combine last second, and I go there and uh, I see Mike Tice. Like I knew who Mike Tice was because he played, and there's this big six foot eight guy with a Vikings jacket on. So I was like, that's Mike Tice. And he didn't come talk to me. Um, he didn't come to Harvard to work me out after. And I was like, oh, well. But he called, the phone rings one day and it's him. He says, hey, I was at the combine. Uh, I, I, I liked some things you did. I, he goes, but I got nobody else to see in New England. I don't want to fly out there and work you out. You coming home for spring break? And I said, well, yeah, I'll be home for spring break. He goes, uh, you know, again, this Pretty day, this impression. time, uh, you're from here. You, you, you know where Winter Park is. So we'll see you then. And so I got to work out with the Vikings. I'm like, great. Mark, I'm from St. Paul. I'd never been to Eden Prairie in my life. I didn't drive. I didn't drive in high school. And then I was gone. So I'm, you know, again, no GPS, right? So right, right. I'm driving out Dean Prairie, and I get there, and I'm on Viking Drive. It's still and, confusing to this day, by the way. And I can't find right. Winter Park. Right. And Dean <laughs> Prairie is not what it was today, right? There's not much out there. And I, I pull into a strip mall, and there's a salon, and I come in, and I go, can you tell me where Winter Park is? And the lady goes, okay, sugar, just relax. It's right down the street. So she could tell I was stressed, right? right. 
And so I work out with Mike. He tries to he tries to like get me to tap out. I mean, he was there to be like, I'm gonna see how tough this guy is. And I remember Studwell was watching. Jeff Christie came out and watched, and I was about to pass out, but I made it. And he said, "Well, he goes, hey, listen, he goes, you did really good, uh, but we're not gonna draft a lineman. But you, and he goes, you're gonna get drafted. So I was like, well, that's good news. I'm gonna mm-hmm. get drafted, mm-hmm. but not gonna be with the Vikings. Oh well. So when the phone rang on draft day, and it was Denny Green. And a couple teams had called and said, oh, we're, we're thinking about taking you, next pick. And then when it was Denny Green, I was like, well, they're not. he's not calling me to tell me. And it was real quick. He's like, hey, man, he's like, are you ready to become a Minnesota Viking? And I was like, holy smokes, are you kidding? And he goes, look, your name's going to come up on the TV right now. And it came up, and and it was just crazy. Then the phone's ringing off the hook. You're doing media interviews. And my mom, I couldn't talk to my mom for like two hours. I couldn't get free. You know, someone, someone called her. We didn't have cable. Someone called my parents and told them. <laughs> that the Vikings drafted me, right? They were like, what? You know, I mean, that was just, that's how it was. And so, and then to be on that team, the season of 98, but for me, I wasn't ready to play. I mean, and a lot of times the NFL, if if you're a late round draft pick or whatever, and you get out there and you struggle, especially linemen, you might not get a second chance, right? They might say, look, he just, nope, can't do it. Hey, we got a whole new batch of guys coming in next year. We'll find somebody, right? When you're a project guy like I was. I was on a team where I could watch and learn. I could see what it looked like from Jeff Christie and Randall. I mean, not that you can't learn anything from Randall McDaniel, right? He was no. just too good. But the Jeff Christie and Todd Stucey and Corey Stringers, see what it meant to be a pro. You know, for two years, I really got to sit back and 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 watch and and develop that way. And so, like I said, just kind of everything just really fell into place for me. We have so many things we could talk about, but uh, the the football part of it. One of my favorite early stories I did with you, Matt Burke, was uh, at your uh, abode in the basement. <laughs> that, um, was, that, that was, was the best Rosen Sports Sunday. Ever. One of the best Rosen Sports Sundays. Uh-huh. Uh, trying to describe uh, your living conditions at Spartan, that point. Spartan like. Spartan like you had. I think Dennis Ryan, the longtime equipment manager, you had his. You excess clothes that he gave you wardrobe by D Ryan, yeah. correct? Yeah. And you had um, your wonderful dog at Jake. that time, Jake, Jake the, the bulldog. dog, bulldog. You had, I believe, a TV with a VCR. Yeah, because I had to watch film. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And am I missing anything? A couch that it was t- a tattered bed and couch. Yeah, bed and a couch and a, uh, and a and a mini fridge. Yeah, just in case. And you were fine with that. You know what? You know what I did is, uh, and and that's and that's my personality. But I said, look, nothing else really matters. I mean, I was twenty two years old. The, the most important thing to me at that time was football. And I said, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to go buy it. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm just going to live this very basic life. I was a lineman. Like, who cares, right? You can't be, I don't care. Even if you're 320 pounds, you can't be cool. And I said, I'm just going I'm, to, I'm, my whole life was created. No distractions. I'm just going to work out. I'm going to watch film. I'm going to eat. And, 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 and that was it. And so I, you know, it was for three, for four years, I lived in that basement and, you know, it was it was awesome because there was, like I said, there was no distraction. I could just stay focused all the time on football, and that definitely that definitely helped me, um, you know, develop and, and become the player. And then and then I got married, and my wife oh, she wanted boy. she wanted like heat. There was no heat in that basement. All there was was oh, that I'm- furnace. So I would just whatever heat the furnace radiated <laughs> off it that's that was that was me that's what I got yeah that, that was one of my favorite stories no question about it we, we could uh fast forward past the Viking years and there were some tremendous memories you say with teammates and games Randy Moss the whole thing but uh you end up winning a Super Bowl with Baltimore and you look back on it now uh does it mean as much to you today uh after all these years as it did that time it doesn't identify who you are but Everyone says, I, I want that ring. Yeah. What does it mean? I mean, at the time, you know, because it, it, it kind of validates you. I mean, let's face it. 
you know, even I feel like I've been well grounded most of my life, but even at that time, I mean, you know, my identity for, to a certain extent was wrapped up in football. And so I thought, you know what, my last, my 15th year in the NFL, chasing, chasing that ring and every <laughs> year, you know, every year falling short, heartbreaking losses with the Vikings, heartbreaking losses with the Ravens too in the playoffs, you know, to get over that hump, it, you're like, yes, this validates me as a player. I look back on it now, and, and it's it's nothing. It says nothing about me or my character or the type of player that I was. I look back on it now almost seven years ago and just grateful to be on that team with those guys and go through the struggle. You know, it's kind of like one of those things. I asked the guy once who climbed. He's climbed the seven highest peaks in the world. <laughs> and when he climbed the last one, I said, was it a little bit anticlimactic? And he said, yeah, it was a little bit. Because when you got it, to the be- peak? Because I was done now. And I said, and I, I, I think I pretty much knew that was my last game, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We won, mm-hmm. great celebration, but you're almost like, man, you know what? It, no, was, what? it wasn't about this. It was about that struggle that it took to get here. And so that's what I remember. The game that, I mean, yeah, it's great, but I remember this. I remember the losses. You know, I remember having to grind through the hard times. I remember when the coaches were all, we're all upset. I remember one Saturday morning, John Harbaugh, I saw him in the parking lot, and he looked at me, and I knew, I knew we were going to get it in the meeting room, and he called out everybody. He didn't, he didn't let one guy, you know, those are the times you look back and you're like, yeah, man, that's what it was about. It wasn't about winning. It's about what it, what it took to get there. And that bond that you have, that you hear it all the time, the bond you have with those guys that you go through the struggle with, that's what you really cherish. That's what's important. Did you feel always feel your post-football career after your travails with the NFL and other jobs you took uh, living on the East Coast for a while, living would end up back here in the Twin City area. I, you know you what, can I can go home again. I didn't think so, um, and I don't know if my wife and I were running from it or what. But you know, leaving for Baltimore, and then it was, it was, it was great for us. Just kind of be out on our own a little bit. Um, it just felt like it, it pulled us closer together as a, as a family, and you know, things happen. And then you get it, you got invited to New York to go work at the NFL. Okay, yeah, let's do that. You know, it was kind of like an adventure. And then uh, a couple years ago, my dad gets diagnosed with cancer, and um, I remember when when he told us, and it was like, "All right, that means it's time." And you know, we it's time to move home. And uh, and when we moved home. It was kind of one of those, "Why don't we do this sooner?" You know, mm-hmm, like this is mm-hmm. this is home, man. Yeah, this is it's even better than you remember. And so uh, you definitely you definitely can go home. Um, I mean, for all the reasons you know and I know, and everybody listening knows, Minnesota is a is a it's it's a special place and uh, and it's you shouldn't take it for granted. I've lived a lot of places. No, there's there's things here that that, that no place else has, and uh, and 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 that's special. That's where we want to raise our kids. And you've gotten out of your comfort zone. I know this firsthand because I was never a, a real teammate of yours, but I did get to share a, a comedy stage with you for our first uh, shows. Uh, my my only first to this day, but apparently you've taken it. And gone to the, the a different level right now. So you are really embracing well, your new role as I want to say a stand up comic, but more observational humor that I would I think you do pretty well. Yeah, I worked for Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> not, you know what? Yeah, people are like, what do you mean you're doing comedy? You're doing this and you're doing that. And and part of it is, I mean, hey, it's good to have a plan and kind of know things. But the other part is, I think you got to be open. Yeah, you, know, you got to be open to to things that come your way and and kind of go with it and ride the wave and be all right with not knowing where it's going to go and. Yeah, you and I, you you sort of dared me to do comedy. Comedy I did. was daring you, and you mm-hmm. said, well, Burke would never do it. And right. I was like, man, you just dared the wrong guy. I'll do it. And we did. And I was like, hey, this wasn't so bad. Let's 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 see where this goes. And and I'm still doing it, but uh, 
and I don't know for how much longer, but that's all right. That's I don't right. know about you, but I was pretty nervous that opening act because, you know, and I've been on this just in. I've been on TV for 40 plus years in front of cameras and live shots. <laughs> really? I, got in front I thought of a, you looked familiar. I got in front of a couple hundred people going, oh my God, I'm sweating bullets here. But it, it's it's you do want to get out of your comfort zone. I think all of us try to at, at various points of our life. I think it's important, right? That's where the yeah. growth happens. You'd ask me about Harvard or even playing football for me, not playing as a kid and then playing in high school. You're like, geez, I don't know. Am I going to get killed out here? Uh, I, th- I think that's good, right? And, and that's um, I think when if, if, if you're okay being uncomfortable and trying new things and, and okay with failure, um, I think you can I think you can learn a lot and grow. And, and I think I think your life ultimately is is better and and more fulfilling because you have all these all these different experiences. And finally, as we wrap wrap this up, uh, I know you're still a fan. Uh, you, you spent a lot of time talking to Paul Allen and, and, on on observations about the Minnesota Vikings this year's team, and certainly from your perspective, have a lot of insight into it. So as we sit here at uh, six and three and getting ready to play the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night. Uh, what do you like about this football team, and what, what what areas do they still have to grow in? Well, I mean, you think you look at sometimes this offense is, is almost unstoppable. I mean, the running game, the the weapon that that can be with, with, the, with the offensive line when they're coming off the ball. And, I mean, Dalvin Cook, is a he's a difference maker at running back. There's only a handful, maybe five of those guys in the NFL. I think he's definitely one of them. You've got a quarterback that can, that can sling it. You've got great wide – all the pieces are there, you know, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I liken it. I mean, we all over, over generalize our own experiences. You know, I liken it to Baltimore. It's all there. It's just putting it together at the right time, you know, December and then into January at the right time. And when, when those moments, you know, talk about the struggles, those struggles are when you find out what you're, what you're made of and how are you going to come out of those? Are you going to come out of those saying, well, yeah, maybe, maybe we just don't have it. Or are you going to come out of there with more resolve saying, all right, when we're in that situation again, you know, we're going to do it differently and we're going to have, we're going to have a different result. I look at our, our Ravens teams. We did not have the most talent, but that year in the playoffs, we beat Andrew Luck in the Colts. We went to Denver, who at one point was beating us a few weeks earlier. They came to our stadium. They're up 35 nothing on us. You know, Peyton Manning, we went to Denver and beat them in double overtime. And then we went to New England and just thumped. I mean, absolutely it thumped can happen. Tom, Tom Brady yeah, and the Patriots. So, you know, and, and, and so, I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, what do you have on the inside? So when you show up for those three games and, in January and that Super Bowl in February. What do you have on the inside that's going to make sure you play your best football? So it's it's all there, and it's a process, and the book is is not finished yet on the 2019 Vikings, but they definitely they definitely have a chance. Whether uh, sharing a stage in the, in the comedy routine or in front of a microphone, it's always good to spend some time with you, Matt. Likewise, Mark. Thank right. you. Matt Burke. And thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Skull Stories. Skull Stories is presented by CenturyLink, trusted technology partner of the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs>